Okay, let's get started. My name is Esme. I am a single mother who is a proud Mexican-American. Um, I live at home. I'm a stay-at-home mom for the year of 2020. Um, I have a five-year-old son who I love with all my heart. But these past few months have really been trying. Um, I graduated high school, rank, oh God, I can't even remember, uh, like 417 out of four, 436, I barely even passed. I went to Westwood High School, one of the, at the time, it was one of the top rated schools, top 100 schools in the nation. Um, I went to Westwood High School in Austin, Texas. I was a Westwood warrior. I graduated 2005, which seems like 20 billion years ago now that I look back at it. And I still remember the day I graduated like it was nothing. Like it was just yesterday. Like I still have the rest of my life. And here I am at 33 and I'm like, what the fuck have I done for the past? How long has it been now? 14, 15 years? Nothing. That's what it seems like. Nothing. Uh, I'm not saying I'm sad or mad about the point in life I got to right now, because what I did in the past made me who I am today. I will say that there are some choices I would have rethought, but then again, I wouldn't be where I am today without said choices I wish I would have redone. Um, so, my stance on a lot of things, I believe very much so in the movie Selena, when Abraham was talking to Selena about going to perform in Monterey, to where he was going on and on about how she sung good in Spanish, but when she spoke it, she spoke a little funny, and I feel, I agree with him, because I feel okay speaking Spanish to my white friends, which I usually, they're predominantly white. I went to Westwood High School. Predominantly white. (laughs) When I speak Spanish around them, I sound Mexican to me. When I go around my cousins, who grew up in a traditional Mexican household, I sound like the whitest girl there. Um... I don't like speaking Spanish in front of other people who speak it fluently because I feel like they can hear me trying to struggle. And then they think it's cute and I'm like, I'm really trying here, but like you're pissing me off. I really, really want to be Mexican American, but it really is exhausting, like Abraham said, because you have to learn about Oprah and Christina. And then you got to be more Mexican than Mexican, more American than Americans, both at the same time. Yeah, totally agree. And when you throw in having a kid into the mix, not just any kid, my kid's mixed. Because mama liked them white boys. I like white meat. Probably because I went to Westwood. 
probably because my dad wanted me to grow up in that kind of neighborhood to where for some odd reason I would think higher of myself. His lack of spanking is the reason why I discipline my son. I don't spank, I, it's not child abuse, it's it's discipline. I don't hurt him just to hurt him. If he does something he knows that he shouldn't have done, which is a lot of the time, then, you know, and there's a lot of discussion on whether or not spanking actually does good. My son is more upset about me being disappointed. That hurts him more than anything, which I find interesting because I'm exactly the same way. Nothing hurts me more than one of my parents telling me that I disappointed them. And I didn't know that until I became a parent. You don't know these things about yourself until you become a parent. That's that's a stepping stone for sure. Because all the things I said, my kid will never, my kid will never. <laughs> don't believe yourself. Those people, you can laugh at. I I have to say, I was one of those people who said, oh my God, my kid will never yell in the store, never throw a tantrum. Uh, when he threw his first tantrum, I about died. Because <laughs> I'm that parent that everyone stares at. And other parents who have been through it, they give you the, I'm sorry, I know what you're going through. Sucks, doesn't it? Well, you get the other looks from people who've never had children thinks their children will never act like that. Oh, well, look at her. It must be because she's brown. And I actually get that a lot. I get that that judgmental look a lot. It's because I'm brown. Or they, they don't think I know enough English to understand or comprehend they're talking down to me and really most of the time I speak better fucking English than they do that's what's surprising my white person voice is so on point (laughs) I say that it's almost as good as my customer service voice I've been in customer service for good 15 years and not just regular customer service I've been in food service so I've been in what they call health At the beginning, my attitude kind of took over. My rage took over. And if someone said something I didn't like, I would dish it right back. And that's how I lost my first three jobs. Now... After I started figuring out that my attitude was the problem and that I need to work on it or else I wouldn't get a job for a while, I realized that I could still have that opinion, but hide behind the facade of voice of making people think that you care. That goes with the freakishly fake-ass smile that obviously... My family can see right through. But 
customers really seem to buy into it. And sometimes I really do mean what I say, or I am genuinely nice. And my customer service is great around those times, but oh my god. I went from customer service to retail pharmacy, back to customer service. I don't know what's worse. Dealing with customers who don't remember what pill they've been taking for the past 10 years, but can only describe what that looks like. Or dealing with customers who are yelling at you because they didn't want mayonnaise and they said they told you 20 times when you know they didn't say it. I have learned to deal with those customers on a different level because I had 15 years experience training. I have told a couple customers to meet me out in the parking lot. That was because they just got under my skin. And that's the one thing you cannot let them do is get under their skin. You can Once you reach that point, it's like point of no return. I almost jumped the counter once. I was super nice to this group of guys. I worked overnight. And these guys come in, and I'm very self-conscious about my, the way I look, my weight, everything. I've always been that way, even though I was pretty cute back in high school. I was the wallflower-shy cute girl who secretly was um, banging guys left and right that no one really, really talked about, but... I had a rocking body. Oh my god, I used it to the max. <sighs> Enjoy your teens and your 20s. Because you can't get that shit back. Oh my god. I wish I could have that body back. If I actually had boobs, <laughs> I would have been unstoppable. <laughs> that being said, I mean... So these guys, they come into my restaurant. I worked at a famous food chain overnight with the W on the logo. And they were sloppy, drunk, bar rush. And I would, you know, tend to them and pacify them. And then at the end, someone spills their orange juice all over the floor on purpose, my I add. And I, that's kind of when I snapped to and I'm like, look. Y'all gotta clean up this mess. I mean, I'm not your maid. I'm not your mom. You're big boys. You are big enough to go drink. You can. You're big enough to clean up your own mess. That's when I had the leader of the guys tell me that I was the most fucking ugliest girl he had ever seen, and that Hulk switch snapped. I nearly jumped the counter. Luckily, my coworker who was at the time, worse than me about going off on customers. I suddenly felt a hand on my shoulders and him telling me they're not worth it. They're not worth the jail time. I said, no, let me kick his ass. <laughs> He's like, you're mad at because what they, they got under your skin is it's not worth it. Oh my God, I could have taken him. <laughs> But he did, he did save me, and I really do thank him for that. 
I probably would have. That would have been job number five that I would have lost. But I've learned not to take everything personal for the most part. Still have problems today. Only because I'm still learning on how to be a parent. You notice things about yourself. Like my kid will try every tactic I used to try when trying to get out of something or trying to get his way. And he thinks he's more stubborn than me. And I'm like, you're not going to win this, dude. You have no idea how stubborn I am. And then my ex reminded me, he's like, okay, this is why we always got into arguments. Because you don't know how stubborn I am. I'm like, mm. so what kind of fucking monster did we create? My son will do anything he could. He would say he's hungry. He would do anything just so he could stay up late. And then you look over, he's passed the fuck out. I'm like, well, okay. I should have saw that coming. But he's also got that look about him. That, that smile that he has just from spending time with me. It melts my heart and I freaking hate it. He's a heart terrorist. That's what kids are. Because they know how to get under your skin. They know. They see you in every which way possible. They know. They learn everything from you. And I'm a stay-at-home mom. So he knows exactly how I feel at every moment in the day. So there's no hiding what I'm trying to do because he already knows what I'm trying to do. And it's frustrating because you're fighting yourself. They, I heard once on one of his little kitty movies, sometimes you dislike someone because you see a quality in the other person that you both share and that you're in denial about yourself. Being a parent I used to give myself pep talks in the morning. You could do it. We could do it. Another hangover. Don't worry about it. Mardi Gras. Woo! 2011. I had my son in 2015. Now I'm yelling at myself. The fuck is wrong with you? Am I really this stubborn? This is not tenfold. When your parents warn you about how bad your kids will be. It's a hundredfold. For the longest time, my son wouldn't eat anything but chicken nuggets from McDonald's. Chicken nuggets and fries. And air. I call my mom. I'm like, I don't know what to do, mom. And she's like, so what do you do? I'm like, I just, I buy him just so he'll eat. I don't want him to starve. So do you see why I was also aggravated when you used to ask me for McDonald's, knowing that you did the same thing? I'm like, I did not. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, and I remember. The reason why I did it is because I wanted to catch a glimpse of the old school Ronald McDonald who used to perform at birthday parties and sing that beloved song, Do You Believe in Magic? That was my favorite part, was going to see him and get a picture with him. She's like, do you see why every parent hates McDonald's? I'm like, what do I do? She's like, I just have one question for you. 
as she's trying to hold back her laughs on the phone. I'm like, Mom, stop laughing at me. This is not funny. I really have a problem. I don't know what to do. Just answer me one question. Okay, Mom, what's your question? Do you believe in magic? And she hangs up the phone in my face. Not physically, but you know. And that was like a slap to the face, like, told you so, bitch. I was like, wow, I can't wait till I can do that to my own son. Oh, God, I hope he has a girl. (laughs) That is an insight to what my podcast will be. Just observations. I grab inspiration from Eliza Schlesinger, George Lopez. And David Arnold, all my favorite comedians. I just thought maybe I should start sharing my observations because apparently when I'm pissed off and I make observations, that's when I'm the funniest. So I decided to record them and see if other people got so too.